Hello, my friends. This is Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to try to stumble my way through this podcast. In Romans 12.10, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I want to take this podcast and I want to show honor to a special person in our lives who is dying of ALS. Her name is Julie Hansen. Many of you have heard of her. Some of you don't know her, but you have been affected by her. She has been an instrumental part of our ministry for six plus years now. I don't remember the date in which she came to us. It was somewhere around 2014, 2015. I'm not exactly sure, but she came to us. And then a few years ago, she was diagnosed with ALS and she has been deteriorating ever since. Things have worsened over the past few months and we have started a GoFundMe account, uh, a link that is in these show notes here. And I will I will give that to you. You can see it here uh, in the show notes if you go to episode 326. If you choose to donate to the needs that Julie Hansen has, all of those monies are between her and and GoFundMe. They have nothing to do with this ministry. We're not getting any of it, but we do want to support her, and I want to make you aware that there is a link to help uh, Julie and Ron with the astronomical expenses that they have because of what is happening uh, to her, to her body. And so I want to talk about that uh, in this podcast, ALS, and then I want to just honor her and thank God for her publicly. I've done this privately with her many times, but I I want to archive this. I want it to be out there. I want her to listen to it, even though it will be difficult for her to comment on it. But I want her to be encouraged, and I want her to once again hear. my public appreciation for her gift. As I said, I will try to stumble through this podcast. I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to let it go uh, as it goes. Uh, But anyway, this is episode 326. I will have a few links in the show notes about different things about ALS, for example, and the GoFundMe a link for those of you who are able to give five, ten, twenty dollars or or more. If you can support her, that would be fantastic. I will talk about some of the needs a little bit later on. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. It is a joy uh, to do these episodes and to be able to just be very real and practical about what God is doing in our lives and Many times there's things that we discuss here that are just over the moon as far as joy and the victory and the good things that God does. But we live in a fallen world. We live in fallen bodies. And because of that, there is another side to our lives. But our ministry has never shied away from those things either. We want to talk about all things uh, pertaining to life and godliness. And some of those things are difficult. But It's important to me that we don't hide the ball on any of these issues and that we talk very plainly and directly and 
transparently about what's going on in our lives. And so this is just one of those moments. It's, it's a sadder time in the sense. It's bittersweet. Uh, Julie uh, will receive a new body, as we all will, sometime in the future. But the bitter part uh, of the bittersweet is that you see the deterioration of, of a person and, and you see the, the declining of the health. And, and it's hard. Uh, Julie has a wonderful fan club here uh, within our ministry. Uh, we have, for example, our mastermind forums. Those are private forums that only a very small number of people have access to, and those are our students to the mastermind program. And they all have been affected by Julie. And there's ongoing conversation that goes on on those mastermind forums and it has been for the last several years of just commending her thanking god for her benefit benefiting from her and we communicate to her primarily through those mastermind forums as we communicate to all of all of the team through the forums because we are an online ministry and so it's one way that we can talk to each other but for julie specifically uh, there's just been this ongoing thread of just communicating to her our appreciation for her because she's been a a, a trooper. Uh, she is a picture of gospel irony. If you were to see her, she is a, a frail person. She's a thin person. She's always been a thin person. I, I don't know what she has topped out as uh, when she was at full strength and health, uh, but I would imagine, you know, 110, maybe she had 120 pounds. I don't know. I don't know her current weight. Uh, the last time I asked, I think the number was 73 or 74 pounds, and I don't know which direction that is going. Uh, but as you can imagine, a person between 70 and 80 pounds, they they are super uh, thin. But it is a picture of gospel irony. She is a small package but within that package is is a lot of potency and it does remind me of second corinthians 4 7 where paul says that we have this treasure in jars of clay and she is the epitome of a jar of clay a broken jar of clay as we all are but as you look at her you do recognize as you interact with her that there is a treasure there and you know that that treasure is is it's not her power it's not her strength but it is god's force and god's glory that is working through her and that is what has impacted us uh, all of all of these years julie is not a complainer uh, it i i i know her pretty well and i've interacted with her a lot uh, over the years, and I just don't recall her being a complainer, a person that is critical or unkind. She's not that way. And as you, as we have interacted with her through this disease, uh, she doesn't complain. Uh, she she just doesn't complain, and she has a wonderful attitude and a a beaming smile and a sense of humor. And so you really would not know, and people who have interacted with her on the forums, they would not know that, that she has struggled as much as she has. But she has been struggling for a long time now, and she is in a lot of pain. Julie is in her mid-50s, and so she's not an old person. 
they live in Wilbur, uh, Washington, Washington State, in the middle of in the middle of uh, fields, in, in the middle of farm country, right outside of uh, Spokane, Washington. And she's been there, and her husband, uh, Ron, is a farmer. And so when you're in their home, they have a, a beautiful small home uh, that's on this piece of property. And as far as you can look in any direction, it's just farm country, and so they are in the middle of, of nowhere. Now, some of that has been difficult. Well, that's difficult for them. I start to say some of it, but it is a difficult life. For those of you who are familiar with farming, praise God for the farmers of America and, and people who devote their lives to producing the, the crop and the fruit uh, that we benefit from every day of our lives and the farmers who lay it out on the line and go through so many difficulties and challenges and, and seasonal and natural things that they can't, natural as far as the nature is concerned, that they can't really uh, manage and the ups and downs. And it's a difficult life, to say the least, and it's hard from sun up to sundown. And so it's a very challenging life to uh, be a farmer, and so I have much respect for Ron and how he has dedicated his life. Ron is a big uh, husky man, a strong man, and uh, he is what you would imagine uh, as a, a farmer, uh, just very strong and well-equipped uh, to do farming, and he's been doing it uh, for a long time, and they live uh, outside of this little community called Wilbur, Washington, and I think there is a traffic light uh, in Wilbur. I, Lucia and I have been there. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I think there is a, a traffic light, but it is a super small town. Uh, there aren't really any um, chain anything there, uh, just mom-and-pop restaurants, a bar, uh, you know, tractor-type stores and those those types of things. So, so it's nothing special, just a small community. Now, part of that is that uh, they lose community uh, because there's not a church, and it's difficult uh, to be part of a local church where they live and the property they live on. Of course, now, over the past few years, uh, being part of a local body has been out of the question. And so they have been lonely, in a sense, in that way, as far as uh, real humans are, are concerned. Ashley, their daughter, and her son-in-law, they live on the property nearby, walking distance, and so they do have that immediate family, but that is that is it. And so you can imagine that uh, online uh, has be become a lifesaver in a sense uh, for, for Ron and, and Julie, and it's part of why that she has been part of this ministry. And so she heard about our ministry a number of years ago, and I don't recall what it was that she heard, but we're out there, and she ran across something. She read it or listened to it, and then she came over to our, our website, our dumpy little website, and, and she started communicating with me, making suggestions or pointing out things that, you know, maybe you could... And I, 
I don't remember how it all went because it was so long ago, but it was basically like this. Hey, would you like to fix this or fix this, that, or this doesn't work or that doesn't work? And uh, to me, I start twitching when I start talking about these things because this ministry in itself has been so hard. This has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. It's just very hard work uh, that I do and to be able to build a ministry, but that is also why this is so emotional um, to me, because God sent Julie uh, at a time we couldn't afford to have anybody, and so the weight of everything was on me to do what we do, and she came. It was God's orchestration, this scrawny, thin human being from Wilbur, Washington, from the middle of a wheat field. And she began to suggest things. And But she's not one of those persons. You have some people who suggest things, but they don't offer solutions. You know, they're just idea people or critique people. And those people are not helpful, really, and they can really be discouraging. But then you have people who critique and they uh, but they also bring solutions and Julie was that person and so she just she would point out things that needed addressing and then she would say something like you want me to do that and she she meant it and she did it and so she volunteered for our ministry and what I have always said is that uh, uh, Julie just kind of weaseled her way into our ministry that she just kind of snaked on in there and just kept doing this and a little bit of that a little bit of the other and finally you know it's like uh, we need to scrape some funds together we need to pay this girl something because she's actually quite valuable and one of the things that I like about uh, Julie is that uh, she is not afraid of technology. Uh, there are people who are inhibited by technology, and they they begin thinking about technology by saying, oh, I don't know much about technology, or I don't think I can do that, or I don't know how to navigate that. That is not who Julie is. Uh, she is a hyper-inquisitive person who wants to know and is not intimidated. And so if she doesn't know, she figures it out. She's an outstanding research assistant. Uh, She's not intimidated. She's not flummoxed by anything. And she, if she doesn't know, she figures it out. And so it's a perfect fit for our ministry because one of the things that I tell, I've told our team many times is I'm not a micromanager, and if I have to do your job for you, you know, then you're not, one of us is not needed if I have to do your job for you. But not only am, am I not a micromanager, I, I don't want to have to look over your shoulder all the time and, you know, suggest to you how to do your job. And so Julie was one of those individuals where she added value that she brought things to the table that I didn't think of or didn't know or didn't know how to do. And so I wasn't instructing her or micromanaging her or looking over her shoulder. 
but she was out there on her own and she was doing the work. And so that made her a tremendous asset for this ministry. But her lack of intimidation was a remarkable thing, especially because she's old. Anybody over 40 is old. And so she's like me, she's old. And the older demographic is inhibited, generally speaking, from technology. And so we have an old person who has wisdom, who is tech savvy. I mean, that is that is the perfect trifecta there, because if you're older, you're more settled in life, hopefully you have wisdom, which she does. She's got a lot of common sense, by the way. And, uh, and you're, you're tech savvy, and so it was a, a perfect fit. Now, of course, she's also spunky, uh, too, and she has a good sense of humor, and so those are added benefits. And so eventually we hired her, and she's been working for us either as a volunteer initially and then as a VA, a virtual assistant, uh, for the last several years. And she continues to work for us, though she doesn't do a lot now because she can't, because the ALS has uh, continued to uh, cause the deterioration, you know, of her body. And so she's dying of ALS. Uh, and many of you know this as uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig was a baseball player for the New York Yankees. And uh, my all-time, uh, one of my all-time favorite uh, video clips is Lou Gehrig, who uh, in his farewell address at Yankee Stadium, he made the statement saying, I'm the luckiest man uh, in all the world. And I have adopted that statement personally for my marriage as an aside for you all. And when I think about Lucia, I quote the Lou Gehrig farewell address at Yankee Stadium. And when I think about my wife, I say I'm the luckiest man in all the world. But Lou Gehrig was an outstanding baseball player for the New York Yankees, and his body began to give way, and they figured out it was ALS, and they call it the Lou Gehrig disease. Incidentally, Mickey Mantle, when he came to the end of his career and gave his farewell farewell address at Yankee Stadium, uh, he pointed to Lou Gehrig and said, uh, I didn't understand when he said, I'm the luckiest man in all the world. Uh, but now I understand it, and I feel like I'm the luckiest man in all the world, too. And that's what Mickey Mantle said at his farewell address. Several years ago, uh, Julie uh, told me about Steve Gleason, who was a defensive linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And Steve Gleason was uh, also diagnosed with ALS. He is still living, uh, but he is limited uh, because of the ALS. Uh, Steve Gleason, they made a documentary about his life, and I have a link here in the show notes. If you want to become more familiar with ALS, I would encourage you to watch the Steve Gleason documentary if you can uh, access it. I have the Amazon Prime link here in these show notes, and you're welcome to look at that. And I would encourage you to, uh, I looked at it and it was very helpful for me because I wanted to understand what Julie uh, was going through. Steve Gleason uh, is a historical figure. He was just an average football player for the Saints. But uh, where he becomes a historical figure is that after Hurricane Katrina, in 2006, the New Orleans Saints played their first football game after 
reworking the uh, Superdome, and this was the first football game after Katrina that the Saints could have at the Superdome, and they were playing the Atlanta Falcons. And in the first quarter, uh, Steve Gleason blocked a punt, and the other guy picked it up and carried it into the end zone and scored a touchdown. And so it was seven to nothing, New Orleans, and this was a a monumental shift. And people, uh, the spirit of it is a monumental shift in the spirit of New Orleans. And people talk about that, uh, that that was a defining moment because they were so devastated by Katrina. And then this exceptional play happened, and Steve Gleason was the one who blocked the punt. To talk about the significance of that punt, if you go to the New Orleans Superdome and go to the on the outside of the building, there is a statue of Steve Gleason uh, where uh, it shows him fully extending, a bronze uh, statue where he's fully extended, blocking a punt, punt. So they made a statue of that. So it's just an interesting tidbit. We were there uh, a, a couple of years ago, and I saw that statue, and it meant a lot to me because, again, I am filtering that through our uh, our friend Julie Hansen and Steve Gleason and so forth. Uh, but you can watch this documentary. It would be helpful. I have a YouTube link here where they did another documentary on that block punt and how uh, that was a turning point for the city of New Orleans. And so all those links are here if you really just want to spend some time um, familiarizing yourself with some of these things. So Julie came to us in 2014-15. She's been working with us. Her body has been um, declining uh, for the last several years. And so in 2019, uh, in the summer, and actually Julie had asked before 2019, she asked if I would baptize her. And in 2019, in the summer, when it became evident that her body was failing her, that we needed to do this. And so we planned a trip to uh, Washington State. And in late October of 2019, Lucia and I flew up there for a few days. We flew into Spokane and then drove out to uh, where Julie lives, right outside of Wilbur in the middle of the wheat field. And uh, Ron uh, went uh, to the tractor store or whatever it was, and bought uh, one of these humongous, uh, it's a cow trough, it's a Rubbermaid, black Rubbermaid tub, about the size of a bathtub, but a a rubber tub for cows to drink water out of. And he bought that and brought it home, and we put it uh, in her dining room, we filled it up with water, and uh, then we tried to uh, have it online, uh, to where we could record it and our students could participate. We had some online issues because they're so far out there that the technology was not that great. But nevertheless, we did as well as we could. And then uh, we put Julie in the uh, black uh, Rubbermaid tub, and I baptized her in late October of 2019. And so that's one of the thrills of my life, and then we continued to spend time with her, and that's the first time that I'd met Ron. And he's an adorable, 
just a very likable guy, and I really enjoyed spending time with, with him and and then also uh, with her daughter and, and grandchild. And so that was uh, a good time for us, and that was fun. And then we came back. Now, since then, uh, this is 2021, so it's been a year and a half ago, her body has continued to deteriorate. Uh, she's had, as far as expenses is concerned, they've had to do a lot of construction uh, at their home. Uh, they had to get a, a wheelchair initially at the time when we were there a year and a half ago. She was getting special boots because and they were like uh, boots. They're like half boots, so the back of them were it, it supported her legs. The front was kind of open. And she would wear those, and they would go all the way up to the back of the knee. And it basically, it just gave her strength so that she could stand up. And she was able to walk at that time, but she's not able to walk anymore. So then they had to get a wheelchair, and then they had to work on ramping uh, for the wheelchair and uh, getting the house ready for that. Then they had to have a special bed because she's had problems uh, sleeping she has problems uh, breathing they had to get a van so that they could uh, move her about and carry her as she goes to her medical appointments and so forth and then uh, they had to get a machine where she could bank uh, her words back when she could talk and she would uh, talk I think she can still talk now a little bit but uh, where she can bank her words so that when she completely loses the ability to talk, uh, that her words would be banked and that she would be able to use those words. And if you watch the Gleason uh, video, you'll you'll see exactly how that happens, and I think that would be helpful for you. And then uh, she's also had to get some eye movement um, machine uh, so that she could talk with her eyes. And the last that uh, Lucia talked with her uh, that that wasn't working for her uh, and so she's working through that and so there's all of this equipment which is very expensive and and they live very modestly I mean they really do they live super modestly they don't have a lot of money uh, we can only pay so much because of the way things work in our ministry and so there's a need for uh, money there's need for her to be able to pay some of these bills, and that's not even speaking to the medical bills. There are some support and some avenues that she can take to help, uh, but it doesn't cover all that uh, all that she ha- needs. And then a few weeks back, she had they had to also rebuild the bathroom, uh, for example, the shower stalls and uh, the toilet because they had to make everything functioning uh, for her. And 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 again. All of these things that's involved, it's just absolutely remarkable at what they have gone through coupled with her attitude as they have gone through it. It's just a phenomenal testimony to the grace of God. And so a a couple of weeks ago, she had an accident in in the bathroom. I don't know if she fell off or, or what, but because she's so fragile, she broke both of her hips and so that has compounded uh, the problems that she's continuing to have. And so Brandy Huerta, uh, a former student in our program who is a graduate, and now she's been an incremental, integral, got it, integral part of our ministry, 
forever now uh, from the time that she came on as a student, like in 2012, 2013, uh, to now. And she supervises uh, in our program. She's one of our supervisors that works with our students. Of course, her and Julie, uh, as other team members, you know, they bonded. Everybody loves Julie. And so Brandy um, has uh, been interacting with her. And she asked me, can we start a GoFundMe account? And I I have no problem with it. I said, I'd be glad to uh, support it and to contribute to it and and to even, you know, do this. And as I'm speaking now, this is May the 13th of 2021. Next week, Brandy will be going up to uh, Wilbur uh, to spend some time uh, with Julie. They have been, Matt and Brandy's uh, husband, Matt and Brandy, have been there before. And so they're going again. Uh, Mark Grant, another graduate and supervisor in our mastermind program who lives in New Jersey, also has made the trip uh, out there to uh, see uh, Julie and then Chris and Lisa Rice. Uh, Lisa is a student in our program uh, currently. Uh, They came down from Alberta, Canada, Uh, back in the day when those things were possible pre-COVID. And so they have spent time with her as well. And, of course, we all can communicate with her. We're doing more communication with her uh, than she can respond to us because she's just not able. And so I just wanted to do this podcast, give you a thorough update, share my heart with you. And if you can, just hit this GoFundMe link and whatever you have, a dollar or two or anything would help. And it would be a blessing to her. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.